press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to taste in. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life in, in New York, York City. City. I am Connor McDowell. And I'm Dylan McDowell. I am so excited that we're back again. This guest we have wanted since we, it was on our list of like, who do we want to talk to? Like when we made this list like two years ago and today's guest was on the list. You know what though? I have to say something. This is some behind the scenes. This is, I'm letting, I'm giving everyone a peek behind the curtain. A little BTS. Okay. Okay. We, okay, this is rude, but not really, but we have like an A-list list and then like everyone else that we also love, but we're like, these are people that are probably going to be tougher to get. This guest was someone that was on our A-list list that we mm-hmm. were like, I don't know how we'll be able to get her. I know. So I'm kind of like realizing this in the moment. I'm like freaking out. But anyway, I know, before, we get into that, before we get into that, we haven't recorded in like two weeks and we've done so many different things. Mm-hmm. And Dylan, I know you really wanted to talk about the, the something, something wild that we I know, did. And you, were, you were hesitant to talk about this, but the, the, some movie theaters have reopened with some movies and there's the controversy, controversy of like, should people go? Should people not? People shaming people for going and whatnot. But what I will say is, as we're in Cleveland and things are very different, you know, as we relocated for the time out of the city, we went to the movies. We did it. Saw Tenet. Yeah, the Christopher Christopher Nolan. Nolan. It was mind-blowing, and I hope that everyone gets the chance to see it, especially people in cities where going to the movies might not be an option or might feel a little bit more dangerous or, you know, because there was, like, literally no one in the theater when we went. It was, like, a ghost town. And they put, like, six seats between you and whomever can book, Mm -hmm. you know, the next. But there weren't even people there. Like, it it was honestly crazy. It was weird. You had to wear a mask the whole time unless you were eating or drinking. And if you had your mask off, I saw workers walking up and down the aisles to like monitor. So yeah. they're taking precautions. That, that, was, that was mildly distracting. I have to it say. Was, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, my like resting face when I'm watching a movie is probably hideous, like all scrunched up in the side of the chair. So I was like, get away. Literally. Um, but at least the mask would cover it. But um, the movie was phenomenal. And I hope that, like I said, more people get the chance to see it. It's very Tenet. It's, it's very Christopher Nolan, like confusing. Listen, I have a confession to make that I've made to only a few close friends and now my, my dear listeners who are also just a few, few close friends. I'm just kidding. I, I have never in my life been attracted to Robert Pattinson uh-huh. until this very day. He is hot in this movie. I cannot describe it. I think it's that he feels like a man now and he's not like a sickly, pale... Our, our editor Maggie is like truly going to kill us. She's such a Twilight fan. Um, but he is so hot in this movie. Oh my God. Like... I can't Thoughts even and prayers it. to you, Connor. Thoughts and prayers. That's I know. I what's think. wrong with me? Every week, I'm like, something shocking has occurred, and it's usually a new love interest. Anyway. The whole cast is phenomenal, and it's just, it's a great movie. But, okay, I think we need to bring in our guest, because she's been smiling, and I just want to jump into things. I want to jump into it. Dylan, I would love for you, I'm going to give you a gift okay. to read the introduction. You're going to let me do it. Usually you do anyway, so All go right. for it. Here we go. 
Our guest today skyrocketed to icon status when she originated the role of Gloria Estefan in the Broadway musical On Your Feet, which she created in the Chicago premiere of the show after being selected by the Estefans themselves in a national casting search. For her acclaimed portrayal of Gloria, she was named one of the Hollywood Reporter's top Broadway breakout stars of the year. She won a Theater World Award and was nominated for the Outer Critics Circle Award, Drama League Award, and Astaire Awards. Are you gagged? Because I am. She was also <laughs> honored by the National Hispanic Foundation for the Arts for trailblazing Latina representation in entertainment. And if you own a television, you've absolutely seen our gorgeous guest as Dr. Valentina Castro on New Amsterdam, Diana Berea on Sunnyside, very AOC vibes, by the way, as well as Rizzoli and Isles, Max Steele, Mozart in the Jungle, South Beach, Los Americans, and so much more. On stage, our guest has soared as Nina Rosario in the Kennedy Center production of In the Heights, which we saw and loved, Collective Rage, a play in Five Bettys, the all-female 12 Angry Men, and more. She is a star who only continues to shine and rise. Please welcome to drama, Anna Villafane. Oh, I want to start every day with that introduction. Be like, bitch, remember who you are? <laughs> <laughs> People should know your name. <laughs> welcome, welcome. We're so happy to have you. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to like be here. It's such a nice little jolt of energy. I know early. we're waking you up. We're waking you up today with this, but I-, I will say Anna signed on and I was mad because she looks absolutely gorgeous. Like I woke up like this should be like reinvented with her in mind. Yoga. I did my hair last night because I was like, I'm going to at least like look like a person. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um, well, before we jump in anything, I have to ask you, are you well? Are you doing well? You know what? I am. I think it's ebbs and flows. Um, I... I think that the perspective of staying really grateful for being healthy and for my family being healthy and for like my loved ones being healthy is like number one. Um, you know, there's been a lot of grieving and a lot of like figuring things out, loss of, you know, it started as like a, the, that feeling of losing your identity due to loss of work, which was weird, especially for somebody, I'm kind of a workaholic and like that tendency I think is really prevalent when you love what you do. So so again, I'm trying to stay in the grateful part of like, at least I love what I do. I'm not one of those people that like hates point work. Um, but then there was a shift. There's been, there was a shift. There was like chapters, right? It shifted into like, okay, stop having this victim mentality because you're safe, you're fine. You know, you're not an essential worker. You, ha- you have the, the luxury to sit around and complain about the fact that you have to like learn how to cook. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh, so that took me a minute. And then I was like, just as a human, like just sad every other day or whatever. And then now I've kind of, I don't know what it is. Something shifted. And with like September, which how is it already September? I'm not sure. No clue, girl. No clue. Came out of nowhere. But all of a sudden we're here and I'm like, oh my God, I am not the same person that I was at the beginning of this. I'm not the same person from April, like going into like, you know, COVID summer. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not that same person and I'm glad. I mean, there's so much happening in the world. Um, so much happening in the world within us. And then it's right. like, how are, how can we be expected not to change? And I think that's good. And I hope everybody feels that way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I have a lot to learn. <laughs> no, I, I totally, totally hear what you're saying. And Connor disappeared for a second on the Zoom call. Um, <laughs> Where did I go? <laughs> I was like, all right, that's the podcast. See ya. 
Um, <laughs> no, I totally understand, especially the part about learning to cook. I mean, completely, completely. <laughs> now, never my my pans. I have like these like beautiful white this like set of like white pots and pans because they were like gently used, let's say. <laughs> and, um, and they've never really been dirty. And now I'm like now I understand why people don't buy white ceramic pots and pans because it's not a it's not a like a showpiece like it's like you're supposed to use it dirty right now six six months ago where were you like when the world changed everything shut down I I had just gotten back to New York so I had gone to LA at the end of February and I remember sitting down with my manager at dinner after this screen test that I was out there for and he's like baby girl this is your last flight you have an autoimmune disease I am not allowing you to fly after this you're getting back to New York and you're hunkering down and I was like okay sure whatever And I got back to New York and sure enough, within the next two weeks, everything just stopped. And I remember um, I had like, I had a callback actually for a new musical uh, at Telsey and I, something I'm very excited about and I've gone in a thousand times for. And so it was like the final, final, like with the directors, I can't say what it is because it's like, that is like a very big situation that's happening in my life, which is very exciting, but And it was the last day that everything was open. And I remember calling my agent that morning. I was like, is it canceled? Is it not canceled? Because I'm ready. But tell me. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and then I, I went and I got back and that was it. it was quarantine started literally the moment I got home from that. But it's, um, I've been in New York. Um, and then I, I went down to Miami where my family is. And I went to North Carolina. And so I was gone for like a month and a half mid-June my birthday's in June so I went right after that and nice, then it's um, very nice yeah and then I came and then I've been here ever since really wow and things are slowly reopening in New York and things are kind of happening again but I didn't realize you had an autoimmune disease oh yeah that's been a very interesting factor in all of this because like the fear is very valid obviously for everybody and in my opinion just because just because you don't know what it is, you know, it's like um, if we had all the answers and you knew what to do and how to treat things and whatever that, you know, the unknown is more scary than what's known always. So, mm. um, so I think everybody should be cautious and safe and, and obviously help each other out because if you can carry it and don't know, then like out of respect and just genuine humanity, like you should care because you might give it to somebody who might not have the immune system that you have or whatever so um or the access to healthcare and stuff like I've been thinking a lot about that like the disparities in this country especially that not everybody has access like I know that if I did get sick I would be cared for that is not the norm for a lot of people and right. so so it's that perspective and, and taking that responsibility and whatnot but it's been interesting um having having a condition and and you know, especially just hearing the rhetoric of like, oh, well, it's fine unless you're unless you're like sick or old. And I'm like, excuse me, mm-hmm. not everyone sick looks a certain way. Mm-hmm. And also discard those people are not less important than you just because they're sick or old. Like that's ridiculous. That's a horrible way to think and to see the world. So, um, so yeah. So thank you to everybody who cares. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So first of all, thrilled to hear that you're maybe going to be stepping onto a stage again when all this happens we've been waiting um but before we get into like broadway and all of that is it interesting being in the midst of like this pandemic and hearing about medical things and healthcare when you were just on new amsterdam which is so much to do like it's in a hospital yeah i mean well so actually that's a very interesting there was a 
there was an episode written called Pandemic, and it was going to come out, and and the showrunners, who are just incredible, the team is so, they, they, they're such great people, so that's very helpful, and I think that's why the show's such a hit, um, because it really does humanize the medical industry. Um, they ended up having to, like, scratch the episode and kind of, like, re- figure their strategy because they didn't want it to be as triggering um, for the audience. So wow, on BTS of NBC. Yeah. So they it was so it was it it was about like a pandemic. Yes. Wow. I mean, this had all started what in January. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so it was already like in the you know it was already in our brains. Right. And so the writers, you know, the writer's room is pretty much constantly happening. I know they have certain hiatus, but um, but they wrote an episode about a pandemic. And then it, they were like, you know what? We're not going to air this right now because people are scared. Um, and yet, like, everyone loves drama. I mean, hello, the drama podcast. Drama, but, like, that's right. but, you know, sometimes it's you got to know when to, like, leave the party. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. Now, I know you, you, were, you were a recurring cast member on New Amsterdam, right? Dr. Valentina, iconic. Um, did you get to wrap up your arc or are you going to continue on in the next season? Uh, so first of all, it's been picked up for three more seasons, which is... Right, I read that. Unheard of. Totally unheard of. With television. But, um, but again, it goes to show the writers and the team, they're just brilliant, um, and the cast. So I am not at liberty to say... Okay. Because the last episode in which the world saw Dr. Valentina Castro, there was a very large feud and someone won. Okay. okay. I, so, I, so that's where we're at now. I love, love that. We're, we're a no spoilers podcast because <laughs> exactly. we, we hate spoilers and we don't ever want to ruin something for someone else. So I love that little tease. So I'm just like, I don't want to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> and you were also simultaneously on another NBC series, Sunnyside. Um, yeah. So it was a very interesting year because it was like LA two weeks, fly to New York. Because um, New Amsterdam shoots here in Brooklyn. And um, and Sunnyside was shooting on the lot in um, at, at Universal in LA, in Studio okay. City. It was a very... I'm like best friends with the whole hotel. Oh, I'm sure. Universal Sheraton people. Like, I'll get there. <laughs> Want to pick a room? We'll just tell you what we have available. You can go feel out the vibes and then let us know. <laughs> now, after this whole pandemic situation, that won't be the same. But mm-hmm. um, I was like getting to the hotel and they were like, how are you? <laughs> Um, and of course, we love Joel Kim Booster. Like, we will follow him forever. So when you two were on there together, we were like, you don't even understand that is he is first of all i think a good comedian has to be brilliant um because you have to be so quick and you have to be so aware and you have to be able to translate uh i think pop culture in real time and like his Mm -hmm. references his ad-libs his improv skills like i am obsessed with joel kim booster obsessed like the the amount of talent on that it's, it's insane I know, I know. He it is amazing. He's he's, ri- he's continuing to rise and just blow yeah. up. And he's so hot. I, he's so hot. Out on roller skates, shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> and I was here like I like couldn't stop looking at him. He was like zigzagging through the all over set on roller skates. It was great. 
Oh my god, love and it. Of course, your, char- your character was very AOC, like I mentioned earlier. And I actually based it on her. So I watched the documentary um, on Netflix on her. Mm. And I was, and I kept watching it. And I watched it, the first two times I watched it, like, with sound on. And then the third time I just watched it on mute and would pause it and try to recreate her expressions. Because mm. I did that a lot with Gloria. So, like, now I'm like, okay, well, now I can't go 50%. I have to go 100 yeah. So, so I, I really tried to, to, uh, to embody her in certain ways. So, thank you. I mean, she's, yeah, she's a beast. I mean, AOC is, I mean, queen, so. Truly. We stand. We stand her. I think she's my, like, tr- true role model at the moment. And has been for the last couple of years, but. So fierce. I think Lynn, um, Lynn tweeted once, uh, there needs to be a biopic on AOC and a- Anna Viafania has to play her. And I was like, someone needs to frame this, send it to everyone, send it to the Academy. I don't know what mm-hmm. we needed, but Lin-Manuel Miranda said it and it is Bible. Oh my and goodness. He can, write, he can write the music because it can be a bio musical. Oh my God, agreed. You know? And you're, and you, and oh my God, I have to tell you, we saw you in my favorite Lin musical, In the Heights. <gasps> oh my God. Dream and a half. I mean, the cast, the situation. I mean, it was hilarious because when I got the offer, they asked me if I wanted to play Vanessa or Nina. I chose Nina because it was a further step away from On Your Feet. So everybody mm. knowing On Your Feet, I wanted to do more the like park and bark role rather than the like sizzly, like dance around the stage role. Um, and I... Little did I know, Anthony has become, Anthony's like a cousin to me now because of that, because we bonded so majorly, but it was just like, it was, it was not only a dream, it was also the, the, the weekend it landed on ended up being the March for Our Lives weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everyone came to town for that and ended up seeing the show and all these kids, it was so powerful, like the Saturday where we had, uh, we had two shows on the Saturday and the kids were like literally going to or from the March or like you would see them in their groups with like their t-shirts and their signs and their posters and stuff. And we're at the Kennedy center during this like incredibly poignant weekend with all these young people who are literally going to change the world and save us all. And it was amazing. It was amazing. (laughs) Amazing. That was us. We, we came to town for both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that March was incredible. It was yeah. amazing. Oh, and thankfully In the Heights added like a Sunday night performance because the whole thing was sold out. Like before yeah. the cast was even announced, it was sold out. It's, um, it's funny also because it was supposed to be a staged reading. Um, so obviously that ended up being a full out like mm-hmm. performance, like a full production of In the Heights. Um, Stephanie Clemens was directing, who of course from the original cast, and yeah. uh, and and it was she knew it like the back of her hand. I was actually the only person in the cast who didn't know the show. I had never done it. I had never seen it. I've only I've only obsessed over every single note and bre- like I can I can dictate to you where they breathe on the cast album. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, girl, same. Over and over, and like that, like got me through college. Um, but I, I mean, I, so I got to, what a blessing to like get to actually learn the show by, by doing the show rather than, obviously I was a fan of the music, but like, it's not the same thing. I didn't even know there were words. I didn't know it was not fully sung through like rent. Or, I mean, 
so I, I like learned so much. I was like, oh, there's a script. Oh, <laughs> so. oh my God. You were so great. And I think you were truly born for the role of Nina. Born. Thank you. I, that was, it's interesting because Lynn sees me as Vanessa in my okay. life. And I don't because I just was never that girl. I've always been more of a Nina. And for whatever reason, I guess I'm packaged in a Vanessa. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, of course, baby, baby V, Vanessa Hudgens was Vanessa in that. And she slayed. I mean, that, but she's, she's good for role. Like, oh, my God. She was so yeah. good in all the live musicals they do, too, on oh my TV. God. I know. She's, you know what I love about her? She goes full out. We would be, like, sitting down just reading through or singing through something. And, like, she just goes for it always. And I love that. I think people really underestimate um, the amount of work that that girl puts in. And I love that. I fucking, oh, sorry. I retired. <laughs> you can say it. You can say it all you want. Yeah. <laughs> I really respect her. She's awesome. There's a reason, you know, like you look at all these people and like these careers. She started when she was, what, 10? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you can't sustain it unless you've got what it takes. And I think um, this industry can be really hard, especially on women. Um, and the cattiness and the like, oh, like, you know, looking down on people for different reasons and just being extra judgy for no reason at all. Um, and I think that you gotta, you gotta give credit where credit is too. And I think the more we normalize that, the better for everybody. <laughs> mm, yes. She's a beast. I love her. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Cause of course we grew up on high school musical and. Of course. Uh, and to see how she has really, like you said, continued I think hard work does pay off at every step. She, you know, she had a pop career. She went on to do movies. She does the live musicals. She was in this. I know she was in like the notebook readings that happened last year. Like she really has kept it going, which is awesome. So that was that last season or last year's um, New York stage and film, like the developmental where shows go to be born, the little fetus. Right. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I was doing like water for chocolate. At the, at the same time. And it was like Jelani, um, or no, not Jelani, uh, Haley Kilgore mm-hmm. in the book, like all that. And then with like Water for Chocolate, it was like an on your feet reunion <laughs> and more. It was like um, uh, Gabrielle Ruiz from Crazy mm-hmm. Ex-Girlfriend. Love uh, her. Yeah, Burns, of course, who, the goddess of my life. Uh, <sighs> uh, who else? Jenny Lee Spadilla. Uh, yeah, so it was, a, it was like a big... It's like theater camp. Going to Vassar is like theater camp. Oh, that's so fun. Oh my God. That there's like, I smell like a docu-series there. Like, like, actually. That's so fun. That would be really good. Can you talk about this show that you were working on out there? Yes. Um, So we would have actually been going to lab in April. So that was kind of like a, one of, one of those losses that I was mentioning in the beginning. Um, but it is based on a very, very famous book. It's Mexican folklore. It's um, magical realism to the nines. And it's very, it's a very sensual book. And it's a very, um, I guess, for lack of a better word, spiritual book, not like spiritual mm. in terms of religious. It's very like, it's this woman in, you know, back in the day, Mexico. So even less rights than now, um, let alone even a voice. And she is struggling with like having to know her place in society mm. because she feels 
a certain type of way, but she's told to stay in the kitchen and all this stuff. And she has to marry who she has to marry. And she has no, no choices that she's allowed to make. Mm. Uh, that's the, 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 the character I play, her name is Tita. She's like the, you know, the, the narrative kind of revolves around, around this struggle that she's going through. Um, and, and she finds power. She eventually like has to learn to find her power through, through cooking. Um, and so she expresses herself through the cooking. And so like, it's really magical because like the choreography and the whole like world of it is so it's, it's the act of creation for anything. Um, and how do you put yourself into every molecule of what you make Mm. and what is it translating to people? And how are you, how are you able to connect with another person when you can't speak basically? Um, so it's, it's, powerful it's a very i was drained like one of the plot points is that she's always crying um again i'm not going to give away anything of the show itself but like the book is the book so yeah it's very everybody knows there's a movie as well um so this would be the stage adaptation and obviously it's just um she's always crying so for me it was like, oh man, and it was. It goes back to that, like I can't the going fifty percent versus going a hundred, and I I couldn't really just show up at work and mail it in because you can't fake certain things. So it was a, a very ta- it was like a cathartic taxing <laughs> couple of weeks, but um, but the music's incredible. It's being written by La Santa Cecilia, which is a very very, I mean, re- world renowned and like super respected band um out of california and they are just ultimate like real just like grit musicians and so it was really cool to watch i've seen it once obviously with on your feet watching a pre-established band or musician and like having it blend with the world of the mind of a director the mind of a book writer the mind of all this stuff and so i understand what that is um and having to be as an actor super adaptable and being able to listen to what the director wants, what the book writer wants, what the original book writer wants, and the band. And so it's like to, to marry all of that together and seamlessly deliver for the best, like what serves the story best mm. um, and having your own intuition to listen to for that, like your instincts as an actor. And that's been, I mean, it's been amazing. So I'm really excited because the world is going to hear for the first time a little taste of like Water for Chocolate um, in the Viva Broadway concert coming up in a couple of weeks. So yes, for that. Oh my God. That's so amazing. You said it's magical realism. Have you ever read the book? Um, the brief wondrous life of Oscar. Wow. No, that- but I'm writing it down right now because I want new books right now. Yes. It's so good. And I think Lynn Manuel Miranda and Karen Olivo might've done like the audio book of it. Wait, can you say the title one more time? Yes, it's The Brief, Wondrous Life of Oscar Wow, and that's W-A-O. It's so good. Um, we'll talk about, well, I'll send you some other books too, because Connor and I are huge readers, but, um, and if you're an audiobook person, Lynn is involved, I believe, in that. Yeah, <laughs> you're right, Don. I forgot that he was. Wait, mm-hmm. I have to ask about, before we ask you about your Ring of Keys moment, Anna, I'm yeah. wondering, was, was Lynn involved in your In the Heights production directed by stephanie in dc um i mean he was in rehearsal like all the time <laughs> i mean it's how just- fun yeah. yeah um he he would come by rehearsal um and he came to see the show of course um but i mean 
I feel like Lynn is never not involved in anything. <laughs> but, um, but no, I mean, he wasn't involved like technically, no. Okay. But he was definitely our hype man and he would show up and like take pictures and, you know. <laughs> That's so fun. So he was very much our hype man. Oh, he seems like a hype man. I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. I've talked about In the Heights ad nauseum on this podcast, so. And I mean, I, I welcome that. I have to say, though, so you just, it's funny, you just said um, in passing, you were like, oh, and I think Lynn and Paranolivo did the um, audiobook. And then when you, you corrected yourself, you go, Lynn, Lynn Manuel Miranda. And it's like, it's funny how in, in this world, like, Lynn is Lynn, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. knows that, like, Lynn is Lynn. But in the beginning, so in 2014, when I came out, actually, it was September. I know this because it's my mom's birthday, not because I'm, like, that crazy, but I am. <laughs> um, it was September 29th when I had my On Your Feet, the first audition. And then September 30th was the final one. Very fast process. And, 2014? Um, sorry? Of 2014, you said? Wow, so this was a years long development. Yeah. And, um, and then I had two weeks to move out of my LA apartment and move here to start doing the actual show, which we started rehearsals October 14th. So anyway, I was... <laughs> September 29th, I was at Fuel on 9th Avenue having, mm-hmm. like, a power breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> or no, I'm sorry. This was the 30th. It was after my first audition. I had gone in. I mean, On Your Feet was my first Broadway audition. I go to Telsey. I was so excited. Whatever. I was wearing a leotard and character shoes because I thought that's what you do. And um, the next day, I'm sitting at breakfast, and I get a call, and they're like, um... Lynn wants to see you because everyone's talking about your audition yesterday and it's been like a thing like through the casting office. And so Lynn wants to see you. Can you come in before you go to your final audition for On Your Feet? I'm like, who is Lynn? (laughs) I was like, I don't have time. I have a, I'm singing for Gloria Stefan tonight. Who is Lynn? Uh Um, Lynn Manuel Miranda. He's working on a new show. It's like about the founding fathers and like, they want to see you. And I'm like, Okay. And I walked directly to Telsey and that is when I met Lynn. So I went in for Hamilton and I, so I meet Lynn, Alex Lacamoire. Um, who else was there? I want to say Tommy. I'm not sure who else. I'm not sure. I think I just remember Lynn and Alex Lacamoire. Cause obviously like I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, they asked me to sing from my book and I was like, what book? because <laughs> I was not, I didn't know what the, what they were talking about and I was like I don't know what you mean and they're like just sing something you know and I was like oh okay well I only have this sheet music here because I'm here for the Gloria Stefan thing so I can sing the Gloria Stefan stuff but I don't know if that's what you want and then they're like just do you know anything else like musical theater that that we could play and I was like I know in the heights <laughs> I think I did breathe or no, I did. It won't be long now. And, um, and I like, and they like, you know, we talk, whatever. It was like, I was, I felt like I was like on fire. I hadn't even warmed up because I just got this phone call. Um, and I walked out and a rumor has it. And he says too, that when I walked out, they were like, well, she can't do Hamilton because she's going to get Gloria. Wow. And it was the same season. And that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that night or that like a couple later, uh, a couple hours later is when I went in for my final callback for the Estefans and I got the job that night. 
So it's so oh Lynn called it. Lynn called it first, and he loves that story. But I've never heard that story. That's really amazing. What a day! Yeah, it was. It was quite the day. September. <laughs> never forget. Yeah, September 30th. That's amazing. Oh my god. Okay, so I want to get all into on your feet, but first I want to ask you a question we ask all of our guests about their ring of keys moment. That moment when you realized that you really wanted to be a part of the entertainment industry, the theatrical world, that you understood that performing or music was something or acting was was something you wanted in your life forever. Do you have that moment? Yes, I do. Um I have it kind of like in pieces, but the first thing was um the wizard of oz i watched the wizard of oz i mean i grew up watching that movie and i don't remember even the first time i watched it and we had it recorded on like a vhs tape over something else so like there were commercials like so i would watch the movie and there was like a mcdonald's egg mcmuffin commercial and there was like a random like car commercial and all this stuff um because we had recorded it when while it was playing tv mm-hmm. um or on TV rather. And I remember wanting so badly to, to feel that, like, I mean, this sounds so cheesy, but to feel how she felt coming out of the house when everything's in color. Mm. And then I started singing when I was nine. um, And I was asked to sing at this like national conference for kids with the condition I have. And I, saying ironically reached by Gloria Stefan, which is a whole nother, like the, the way the universe happens is insane, That's but so wild. Yeah. And I was, and so I sang for the first time in public at this national conference, nine years old. And I felt that. And I was like, Oh my God, wait, this is, this is the over the rainbow thing. This is that feeling that like, I've always like seen, but like couldn't understand and whatever. Um, and I didn't, I didn't realize I could turn it into like an actual job that was attainable for someone like me until, um, until way later. Um, I, I did my first show kind of by mistake just because I could sing. Um, and I did Joseph in the amazing Technicolor dream coat at like a professional, like at a regional equity theater in, um, in Miami by this, by this time I was living in Miami and I was like, oh, wait, these people are actors and you're singing and telling a story and this is everything. And then I, and I just never stopped. And so I would work like throughout elementary school, middle school and high school, I would work at that theater doing shows and stuff. And like, I always felt so cool when like my, my school, my class, whatever, my entire school would like go on field trips to watch my shows. And I was like, "Uh, yeah, whatever. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I guess I would I would pinpoint it to say the Wizard of Oz, um, but it's it's more than just that. It was the it was that feeling of going from black and white to color that then being on stage finally attained that for me. Wow! Oh, that's so special. As you're talking, I'm thinking about how the Wizard of Oz truly, I think, transcends time. Oh yeah, everything in it, it can apply to anyone's experience. I mean, the idea of of this black and white existence of not really knowing where you belong, where you fit. And for this tragic event to happen, this, you know, in her case, it was a twister. Right. But then to wake up and she can finally see color. And she yeah. thinks she needs these things to go home. And she meets these other people who think they need these things, but they had it within them all along. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Oh, 
it is amazing. There's a reason that it's persisted. And I mean, there's a reason that Wicked has continued on too, because these universal themes, but I'm, I'm also just thinking about you as a, as a young girl singing Reach by Gloria Estefan. Oh my God. Like you cannot make that up. And the craziest one, the best part is that I was nervous, obviously. I mean, I had never sang, and I was literally at like the Disney Contemporary Hotel, like for a national thing, like for like a huge event. And I was a little bit nervous. And so I somehow convinced my big sister to, to dance behind me. Love that. It's so great. She was like, this like all white outfit dancing with like ribbons. <laughs> Very inspirational. Very. That's iconic. It's moving. I'm sure it was very moving. If there's a video out there, I need to see it. But. <laughs> um. So okay. So and you're also like in Miami, which is also where Gloria grew up, or, or her childhood was at least. Yeah, she um, she always puts it best, and she put it best when she when we first like really talked. It was right before rehearsals started that she and Emilio asked me to come to Miami or well, they, they invited me to go to dinner um, at one of their restaurants on the beach. And I was like, okay. And so I went and I remember just like, it was just insane to me that I like that it was even real. And when I told her all of that, she was like, oh, it was written in the stars. And so that's what she calls it. That's what she, because it's like all, all these very strange little things that we had no idea about until I got the job that it was like, Oh, this, this makes sense. Like it just makes sense. Yeah. Written oh in my the stars. God. Oh, that's so pretty. Oh my God. Amazing. And you know what? You were so fabulous in on your feet. It was the first thing I ever saw you in. And I remember sitting there in the Marriott Marquis and I was like, I'm always, I love when you see a new musical with a new star. There's something about it that is just so special to me. And I didn't see Sutton Foster in Thoroughly Modern Millie. Oh my God. As I was sitting there, I think it was the same theater. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking like, this is where Sut- Sutton Foster became, this was where she became a star. I mean, obviously she had done other things before it and as you had as well. But I was like, oh my God, this girl, she, she is Gloria right now. And it, there is just something about your voice that is so uniquely compelling and mm. beautiful. Oh my God. People give us criticism all the time for like really complimenting our guests, but we love to express like, um, you know, when we really feel something. And I think that you were amazing. Mm -hmm. We didn't, we didn't see it with Josh Segarra. We saw the really hot guy. I mean, Josh is really hot. Yes. Oh my God. Both of them were so hot. I I always can tell the stages of like on your feet and, and even like, the the feeties is what they call it. like the fans that like oh, I didn't like, know that oh yeah um and there, and there's always like chapters based on who was Emilio at the time because it was just a revolving door I loved I it was great for me I was just like who's who are we who are we in love with today great I'll do whatever it's like a, it was like a buffet <laughs> truly a buffet I mean. Josh is one of my celebrity crushes. I mean, he was so good in <laughs> AJ and the Queen, if you saw that on Netflix. And he was also in... The worst friend in the world. No, oh my God. I don't think a lot of people watched AJ and the Queen, to be honest with you. But um, he was also amazing in the other two on Comedy Central, which is moving to HBO Max. He's so good in everything that he does. Yeah, his um, career blew up. Pause. He is arguably... Um, 
he's one of the best actors I've probably ever worked with. And that's like a very heavy statement. It, I mean, and I'm, I put him in the caliber of like Isai Morales of, mm. of like, they have like a very specific intensity. Um, he's, he's an incredible actor. So. Amazing. Oh, and I, I'll accept those compliments for him as well. <laughs> I mean, you brought something out in each other clearly because like from everything that I've read about your, the chemistry that the two of you had and uh, it was such a great show. I remember Connor and I sobbing at the act one finale, which is insane for anyone who's seen the show. They know it's actually a very uplifting number. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're, very that, emo- um, we're very emotional Virgos, which is just mm-hmm. a troubling, a confusing thing. But I am- and as a very emotional Gemini, trust me, I accept all. <laughs> yeah, we were so touched, and I was even more moved. Which I was talking to Dylan about this earlier because I was like, I didn't know what the show was truly about, and I didn't know much about Gloria. So when I, you know, when the bus accident happens, and when you realize, yes, the title of the show is, of course, from the lyric, "Get on your feet." But then you also realize it's about a woman getting back on her feet after this tragedy. I was so moved, Anna. I mean, I truly was like, I had that moment where I had to like take a deep breath in the theater because I, I thought, this is so powerful. And it's true. It's yeah. true. It's funny because a lot of people would have that reaction and people would come in, you know, all of our press performances, whether it was Good Morning America, The View, The Parade, all of these like, Mind you, which I list off like it's Whole Foods, but it's, I was like gagged the whole time. Yeah. Like the parade was like my like number two bucket list item. And so, um, so all these things that we would do to promote the show was always the dazzling group numbers, the concerts, because like it was so fun to get to play a rock star and get to like break the fourth wall and be fully in concert as such a, I'm trained in opera. Like my like degree was literally in classical music and I'm a soprano and I'm like, and I love theater and Shakespeare and like, you know, Chekhov, like I'm, I'm a little more old school. So to do this like super pop rock star thing was so fun for me. And I got to like live this little weird dream. Um, but then people would come to the show and always at the stage door, they were like, oh my God, we we're not expecting that. It's like, you know, you show up for like the sparkles and the mojitos and the party and then you get served like some real truths and some real pain and some real drama that that actually, in my opinion at least, makes her then makes the party even more important. Like you know, like makes the whole makes everything about her almost double what it is. So like she's already talented and and fierce and fun and and you know, as a musician, she's already everything, but then on top and what she stands for culturally, because she represents an entire group of people, not just Cubans, but like all Latin Americans identify with Gloria Stefan because she didn't sell out. She never was a stereotype. She would say, no, I'm not going to wear, you know, fruit on my head and a ruffle skirt. I'm going to wear jeans and chaps and a leather jacket because this is the 80s and like I'm cool and normal you don't have to put me in a box just because I speak Spanish and I'm from Cuba so that is such a huge element of her story and then add to it the personal you know the personal life and the struggles with her mother and add to that the human side of getting into this car crash and almost being paralyzed and it's like it just makes it it 
I love the way that it was done because it really did give people the opportunity to be surprised. And I could feel when the crash happened, every time I could feel the audience gasp. Mm-hmm. We also didn't have a pit because the, the, the band was on stage with us, um, which was interesting. But Miami <laughs> Sound Machine on stage, so we didn't have a pit. So I, the, the first row was like, I mean, pretty much the distance from me to my screen right now. So, um, so I could feel when someone would recognize a song or when someone would have that gasp moment with the, the accident or like an awe when like, you know, when the baby would come out or when Emilio and I would do something or whatever. Yeah. It's a very interesting um, shock for everybody. It's, it was such a well done show and you've obviously said it so eloquently, but I find that sometimes when the people who the show are about, in this case, the Estefans, Estefans um, had such a, a hand in it. Sometimes it can be a little edited or biased in a certain way. And I think we've seen that with some other bio musicals, but this was so raw and real and they seemed like they weren't afraid of hiding anything. Um, And the product was, was so wonderful. Thank you. They're very very legit. And they also didn't have to be as um, open. Like I know things I should not know for sure. <laughs> I had videos she sent me. She gave me all of their home movies because w- I'm very, I love the study of people. Like that's like mm-hmm. my thing. I, that's why I like acting. Um, and she like gave me home movies. I've like literally watched like the video of her on the way to the hospital to give birth to Emily. Like, like I, I know everything about these people to a level that is like <laughs> weird. But Alex Dinalaris, who wrote the book, did a really good job of, straddling that of somehow Mm. you know you can't put their whole life into two and a half hours um but he he did a good job of like figuring out what was needed and what i I mean he's just good writers are just good writers i don't know you can't really pinpoint it but um so the blend of him trying to keep it real and doing it more cinematic and then jerry and the showmanship it was like a like this ex- magical explosion that I just got to be, I felt like a little Barbie in their dollhouse and I got to just like experience that. And it was really, really cool. Masterful. I love it. So. Yeah. What would you say? And then we can move on to our next thing, but what would you say your biggest takeaway from playing Gloria was? I know you're a few years removed from it now. Did you uh, learn like uh, the biggest lesson maybe? Oh my God. I guess the biggest would be, There, there are two. One, Emilio always tells me the same thing. He's always like, you need to enjoy it. You need to enjoy what is happening. So that was something I had to train myself for because I tend to be very much a workhorse. Um, they'd be like, you need to take a day off. You need to like do something. Like, you need to enjoy what is happening right now because you're never going to get it back. So that's one. But the other one, honestly, I didn't know what I was capable of. I didn't mm. know I could do what we ended up doing and what I ended up doing. Um, and I think that was a big one because the first day of rehearsal, I got back to the apartment that I was given, like they were putting me up for the lab. Um, and so I was all excited at first, whatever. And then rehearsal started and all of a sudden I'm learning choreography alongside Tenari Vasquez and Nina Lafarga and Marielis Molina and Liz Ramos. And I'm, you know, Sergio Trujillo's yelling at me and I didn't know what to do. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't do this. 
So I really, um, I thought I had bitten off more than I could chew. I was like, I know I can act. I know I can dance. But like the dance, I know, I know I can act. I know I can sing. But this dancing situation and like, this is just a little overwhelming. And also, I mean, I got to New York with like the dream role and everybody knew who I was. And it was this weird, like, it was very overwhelming. I moved here by myself. I didn't know anybody in New York. I had never lived in New York. So it was a lot all at once. Um, and, and that night I was about to quit. I called my mom and I was like, I can't, I don't think I can do this. And she's like, if you don't think you can do it, then, then say that. And I'm sure they have like a backup and whatever and all this stuff. And weirdly my ex ex boyfriend, like my boyfriend at the time, this was 2014, like how many, come on. But (laughs) once upon a time, he was like, uh, just give it one more try. And tomorrow go in and just pretend you can do it. Like pretend, like wear heels, do your hair, do whatever you need to do to like feel powerful and like fake it till you make it. And I was like, that's really weird advice. But I walked in with a different, cause I'm very like, oh my God, I'm just excited to be here. Like that's like <laughs> five. Um, and so despite what anybody else thinks. And so I had to kind of, you know, like Beyonce has that like Sasha Fierce thing mm-hmm. that she's into for concerts. And so like I went in and was, for that second day and I was like more like kind of standing my ground instead of being like, Oh, I have no idea what I'm doing in this room. Um, and it, and it eventually it just worked. It was weird. There was a, there was a moment where it stopped being fake. Hmm. And so I had to convince myself that I could. And then all of a sudden I was doing it. And then all of a sudden I didn't call out for eight months. And then all of a sudden the wall street journal is saying all these things about how I was, you know, like how I wasn't t- like that they were, you know, people start talking about how I wasn't ever not there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a very interesting. And then three years later, like I'm still there, you know, so it was a very, it was interesting that I didn't think I could do it. I also grew up with it again, going back to the disability thing. Like I grew up in and out of a wheelchair. I grew up like I take a lot of medication. I like, I'm very, your mind, if you're told constantly that you can't, and if you're told constantly that like you are unable to do things or that you're not strong or that you're into, you're in a category of people that can't do things, it's going to seep in there, you know, like, and so it took me a minute to, um, to learn that I could. Oh my God. That is incredible. <laughs> you're amazing. And I think everyone can learn something from that. We're capable of more than we think. It goes back to Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. Yes, yes, always. You have it within you. You just have to recognize it and push on, you know? That's amazing. I am so oh moved God. by your story, Anna. I, like, I'm like, I need her to do a TED Talk. I, need everybody. I hope that everyone <laughs> listens to this and takes something from it because I did not even realize a lot of that. And that it, thank you for sharing. That's so amazing and admirable. Eight months, never calling. Oh, my goodness. I get like a slight tickle in my throat and I'm like canceling all my plans for the whole rest of the day. <laughs> or I'm like just a little bit hungover and I'm like, I can't go on. Can I go into work like, late? <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Oh my, I also have to say, as we're sitting here, I'm like, I really am missing in-person experiences right now. I feel like the energy is just so amazing. I wish we were together IRL. But okay. anyway, as we are wrapping up, we like to end on a dose of drama, something that's on our minds, maybe related to this conversation, related to something we've been doing in, the, in recent times. There's been so much going on. Um, and whether or not you're feeling dramatic today, we all have a little bit of drama in our hearts. So I'm going to kick it off today. 
because there is something I'm feeling dramatic about. You know, I got up early this morning and I took an online indoor cycling class, which was so fun. I'm, I'm such a fanatic for indoor cycling and, you know, I'm watching this. It was a live one too. So there were actual, there were four people in this class and there was, you know, they were all socially distant and the instructors up there. And there was a really hot guy in the class. Okay. And I was like, I was like, you know what? I miss being in an 8am spin class and looking over at this really hot guy. who's like a little scruffy, but like great arms and you don't know each other. And you're like, Oh my God, this is my gym crush. And then I was thinking, I also miss having a work crush. I miss having a crush on the pharmacist that, you know, (laughs) that's a CVS on 57th. And I am just like, I miss having a crush, a crush Rolodex for my everyday life. And I'm so sad that that's gone away in the last six months, especially the gym crush thing. So I'm feeling dramatic and I'm hoping one day I can have a gym crush again. I stand by that. Also the... CVS on 57th is like the Disneyland of CVSs, but. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I oh, went yeah. for that one, even though there's no one there that I find to be hot. Um, I would say, I don't think the pharmacist there is hot. No, no. <laughs> but it's the one where I do pick up my medication. That's the CVS <laughs> with the big escalators, right? Yes, yes. Okay. yes. It's like a Whole Foods. It is. <laughs> um, wait, also, do you think, do you guys think Robert Pattinson's hot? I've been like waiting this whole time to ask. I, I was listening to what you were saying and <laughs> I, I like my Robert Pattinson as a Ravenclaw. Mm. Ooh, back in his Hogwarts days. Hogwarts days. So he lost me a little or bit. Hufflepuff, I, Hufflepuff. Is he Hufflepuff? Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I think he's Hufflepuff. Yeah, yeah. Right, he's in yellow. Um, <laughs> I like my Cedric Diggory. So, yes. oh my God. <laughs> that's my chosen Robert, you know? I get it. I love yes. it. A Robert for all seasons, honestly, because- Robert for all seasons, yeah. <laughs> and I think, honestly, and I think Cedric is fall. Ooh, definitely. Ooh. Yeah. You're right, you're right. Um, Dylan or Anna, a dose of drama today? I can go next. We can, we can end with Anna, we can end with Anna. So I have- you know, my reality shows that I watch to keep me, you know, I'd like to think of myself as an intelligent person. So I need to unplug with some mindless TV. Um, and I have been a big brother watcher for the last maybe, oh gosh, since the six, since BB 16, which was 2014. Um, and so this is an all-star season. The show is riddled with internal racism and problems that have arisen over the last couple of years, obviously with everything that's been happening in the world, like this call to arms and us all becoming more anti-racist, it's really opened my eyes to the way that this show operates, that there might be one black person or one Latin person on there. And the deck is always going to be stacked against people of color on this show. And I thought, okay, we are in this reckoning. This season of all stars is going to be the year that they fix their problems. The first person eliminated was a woman. The second person eliminated was a woman. The third person was a a woman of another woman or a man of color. Everyone who has been eliminated has either been a person of color or a woman. And I am just like, this show will never, it is a perfect example of what is wrong with our country and with racism in the world and sexism in the world. And I am feeling so dramatic about it because I get so damn invested every year, but it is so problematic. And I, and I need to just stop watching. I mean, just this past week, 
the only two black women in the house were nominated to be eliminated next to each other on the chopping block. And the reasoning behind why they were nominated was ridiculous, when in reality, it was just they were viewed as a pair who were weaker than the rest of the group because this white woman who nominated them was probably feeling threatened. And I am just, I'm tired of watching these microcosms of the world at large that just play out the problems that we see. And I'm, I want to stand for something and try and make a change. And so I'm saying right now that I'm stop watching Big Brother. Cut to me a week later, I'm still watching. But um, <laughs> I am going to stop watching the show if it continues to be this way. Wow. A, I've never seen it. But B, if you want mindless television with no consequence and with no, like, I am all about the baking shows. I need to do it. I need to do those. You know, report back to me, email me, do whatever you need to do. I will. I can assure you it is so therapeutic because there is no consequence. Like, there's nothing wrong with, like, the worst thing that could happen is someone makes a, like, a what? Like, an underbaked cake. <laughs> right now in the world, that's what I do to, like, let my mm-hmm. mind go from right here in this room, which is the living room slash gym slash home office slash everything. <laughs> uh, so if that's helpful. I'm feeling, you know, we touched on this in the beginning and I actually had a different answer originally in my mind, but now for whatever reason, just because I'm going to bring it up, I'm going to bring it up. The new Mulan. Mm. I just, I just, I mean, I loved it. I loved it. However, or I loved it period. And I still think that the music supervisor could have, injected a few more of those musical motifs that we know and love. Like I wanted, let's get down to business to defeat the Huns. You know what I mean? Yes. They gave me like a tiny bit. They gave me some reflection when, uh, when she's like stepping into her power and they gave me some, uh, you'll bring honor to us all when she's getting ready to see the matchmaker. But I kid you not, it was like eight bars. Mm. And that, wasn't enough for me. I understand where they went with the film. It was beautiful. It's also hugely important and everybody needs to watch it. It's so good. And especially for like, I mean, it was very, uh, it was even more hitting the nail on the head in terms of like female empowerment, which I am Mm. all about. Um, And it was just beautifully done in that regard. I just needed a little bit more massaging for the mm-hmm. the musical theater kid in my heart who still missed the little talking dragon and like the, 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 the show, you know, the numbers, the production numbers. And the cricket. The cricket. Hey, don't forget the cricket and the grandma. Mm-hmm. Wait, is she not in it? Grandma's out. Well, they have a new female elderly, like a woman who's like a, a witch. It's not like a spoiler. She's like a witch that they kind of put into the story. Well, I can't tell you what happens there, but... Yeah, yeah. No spoilers on drama. I needed Grandma. I needed the cricket. I needed Mushu. I needed I needed a, a little singing number. But it's fine. I get it. They did what they want for the real. But I did need a little palate cleanser afterwards. Um, you know, a little musical yeah. moment. So... And I expect music out of Disney. And when I saw the trailer for Mulan, the beautiful orchestral reflection that played gave me full body chills. It was an amazing trailer. And so I was hoping there was more of that. Like, here's the movie, here's reflection. Like, it was like a little, and you had to really know 
what you were listening for and, 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 and know where to find it. But it was, that made me sad. It's still incredible. I just would maybe watch it and then watch the animated. <laughs> okay. Deal. Deal. I know that's the thing. The yeah. source material for those movies. I mean, I felt that way after Aladdin. Um, the source material for those movies is so strong that the live action adaptations are just, they're just different. You know what though? I didn't, I, I liked Aladdin. Um, I think Aladdin was, was more true to the animated film. Mm-hmm. It was the animated film, but in real life. And then they added the, the one song for Princess Jasmine. But Speechless, like, yes. Speechless. Yeah. <laughs> Which was like a random like... <laughs> Pop and Paul. It was, it was, like, so random, it was full pop. Like it, you could hear Demi Lovato singing it on the radio. Yes, absolutely. That's exactly what it was. And it was like, it was even like, it was filmed like a music video. I felt in that yeah. part. It's like a weird, it was like an intermission, but, um, anywho, um, but I, you know what I couldn't, I, I didn't, it just didn't give me what I needed and that's okay. That's okay. Was the new Lion King. I know. 100%. I know. I was, this is, this is like, this is condemning, but I was bored. Ooh, and that's tough because it was literally the original just done, I mean, done again, but, but don't tell me that it was done live action because it wasn't, because I had kept up. (laughs) Stop telling me that it was live action when it wasn't, you know what I mean? Uh Homeward bound. Yes. Do not tell me. That. <laughs> tell me that the line live action. It makes me wonder and worry for Little Mermaid, and I'm wondering what they're gonna, how that's gonna be. Yeah, but Lynn, going back to Lynn, is at the helm of that. Okay, then it'll be fine. So I don't worry. Oh there my go. god! I'm so obsessed with the Little Mermaid that I don't think he would ever. And plus, now isn't David doing Sebastian? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I think we're going to be fine with that one. Also, that whole backlash when... when um, Hallie Bailey. Yeah, when Hallie got cast and everyone's like, how dare they, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you're, com- you're, you're saying you're being racist for no reason because mermaids aren't real. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I hate to call this out to people who were like, well, but the real Ariel was white and redheaded. And I'm like, um, the real Ariel is a mermaid. And mermaids uh-huh. are not a thing. So mm-hmm. you need you're out your priorities. Yeah. I mean, and not to pivot too much, but Hallie and her sister Chloe are killing it. Oh my God, they're so good. I listen oh to my God. all the time. When I'm like getting ready and need to feel like cute, especially, it's like really rare these days, but if I need <laughs> <laughs> When you're like going to go maybe, you know, po- take a cute selfie. You know what I mean? Like, like you need- Whole Foods. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you never know who you'll meet at Whole Foods. You never know. You never know. <laughs> Oh my God, Anna, you're so fun. This has been such a blast. I'm sorry we took a little more time than we planned, but. I kind of had a great time. I feel like we've just had like brunch. I I love it. We were just missing (laughs) some like mimosas. Yes, exactly. We're missing all the champagne and all like an eggs Benedict, but it's fine. I'm having green. There you go. Amazing. Um, Now, I know that everyone can follow you at Anna Villafanier official on Instagram, right? And it's at AA. N-A-V-E-E on Twitter. Yes, Anna V. That's, it's so random and it's so old, but we were like, well, can't go back now. Right. And then, of course, everyone can tune into this Viva Broadway concert as well, right? Broadway will be airing on Playbill, um, and I think that's like the main 
streaming platform, but um, it'll be on October 1st. And it is going to be just a potpourri of stars. I'm so excited. It's like everyone from Karen Olivo, Robin Jesus, Josh is going to do an intro, um, Gloria, myself. You're going to get to hear a little bit of like Water for Chocolate, which is my next musical. So I'm so excited. Um, also, I mean, the, all of the, the cast of In the Heights is reuniting. It's being hosted by Andrea Burns. Sergio Trujillo's directing. Um, Eric Ulloa is writing the whole script out. It's really, really cool. And you also get to hear like uh, the new Kiss My Aztec from John Leguizamo. Oh, um, fun. Yeah, so there's there's going to be a lot of stuff. And, it, and it's going to track kind of the Latin history of theater and like and of Latin uh representation in theater but it's also going to just be a huge celebration of culture and like oneness and people being exactly who they are which is exactly what we need right now <laughs> oh my god i will we'll be posting about it and sharing because we'll, we'll be tuning in live and, and, and tweeting along and everything so you up to the fest yes all right and follow me at connor mcdowell and me at dylan mcdowell and Anna, we need to talk offline because I just had a vision of you as Morales in the A Chorus Line Ryan Murphy project, and we'll, we'll discuss. Um, okay, and everyone? <laughs> and that way. All right, and Connor, I'll see you next time. Drama! Drama.